Hello and welcome to the first in a new series of podcasts from the Leaders Performance Institute and our partners conduct. My name is John Porch, editor here at the Leaders Performance Institute, and over the next few months you'll hear from human performance experts from across the world discussing best practice, the role of performance data, and what the future of athlete and intelligence management systems might look like. In this first episode of the Conduct Athlete Management Series, I sat down with Kevin Forbes. Kevin is the Enterprise Product Manager at Conduct and is uniquely placed to discuss how data can be used to make athletes faster, stronger and healthier. So, without any further ado, we hope you enjoy the conversation. Kevin Forbes, Enterprise Product Manager at Conduct. May I bid you a warm welcome to the podcast. Thanks, John. Uh, really excited to, uh, to join you today. Well, it's fantastic to have you. And Kevin, you're probably the best person to ask. What are some of the tech trends we're currently witnessing across the sports industry? Uh, well, I think, I mean, the real one that uh, really applies to the work that we do here at Conduct uh, has been, uh, you know, uh, I've been with Conduct for six years uh, now, but we've been watching just the rise of the player tracking solutions over the last six years. I mean, obviously it started uh, in, in North America, started with the NBA, uh, with their sport view system, which is now run through Second Spectrum. Uh, then MLB and MLS uh, really came on board. Uh, more recently, uh, Zebra with the NFL. Uh, and now coming quite soon, I think they're going to start uh, in the upcoming season with hockey, the NHL. And so uh, that's really opened a lot of doors where um, teams and organizations are really starting to understand the game um, that they're, they're playing or competing in uh, to a higher level um, where they're able to you know really start to identify a lot of the nuance of the sport, whether it's positioning or, you know, just even just different tactics and, and how those are represented on the field of play. I mean, I think we've seen how that's uh, changed um, a sport like uh, basketball in particular, uh, where, uh, you know, the three-pointer has become such a, you know, a popular um, shot now, even over the last, like I said, six years or so. Um, and, and now I think even they're starting to, you know, have conversations around essentially having to change the rules of basketball to maybe, reintroduce a, a level of variety with, you know, you know, developing a, a better product for, for higher entertainment. And so that's, that's really on the tactical side of things and where conduct really starts to, to come into play is uh, definitely a lot more on the performance side of things. So being able to use information like this to make players faster, stronger, healthier. Um, and uh, I mean, you know, again, to, to use the basketball example, uh, you know, you've seen such a rise in, in the concept of rest days for, for players where, you know, a, uh, you know, a high-profile matchup, uh, you know, might ne- not end up, you know, kind of living up to, uh, you know, to the, the expectations just because all the, the star players might be sitting out that game for one reason or another. So trying to be able to make it so it's not just a, you know, a simple stamp of, okay, we're going to sit you for this particular game from a load management perspective, but maybe making it a bit more of a cohesive type uh, um uh, view of what's going on with the athlete to you know kind of bring in a lot of different factors, get into minute management as opposed to just absolute rest and, and things like that. So I feel that's been um, you know a big wave uh, that's really changed the landscape in North American pro sport um, is getting this information from the game. Um, obviously, like I said, uh, basketball and baseball really have been on the forefront, uh, you know, in analytics in a lot of different ways. Uh, but uh, football is coming on strong now that the zebra solution is in play. And then, uh, you know, we're really excited or really interested to see kind of the effect it's going to have on hockey uh, over the coming years. Well, it certainly sounds like an interesting time, Kevin. Perhaps you could tell me about some of the other ways that Conduct is putting itself at the centre of this ongoing evolution in sports tech. Yeah, I mean, so part of it is, uh, as 
you know, any practitioner or professional in this industry will, will, will tell you is that um, really when we talk about athlete performance, it's not just uh, the game. It's not just the competition. I mean, you know, a, a single match might be, you know, a few hours um, over the course of a day, but there are so many different things leading into that game. There's so many different factors that come out of that game that uh, really when, when we're talking here, that, that, that tip of the spear, the top of the pyramid of athlete performance, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of that, it's that 360 degree view of what's going on with an athlete. How are they practicing? How are they sleeping? How are they training in the weight room? Uh, you know, how are they managing any sort of wear and tear or injuries that they're dealing with? You know, how are they hydrating? How are they dealing with, you know, the mental side of the game? How are they dealing with kind of just overall like wellness and emotional uh, behavior and things like that? And so um, that's where, you know, Conduct has really, um, you know, started to kind of stake our claim as, as being a, a way for these organizations to kind of consolidate all that information into a central spot and then being able to look at, you know, kind of how different these different disparate factors start to affect one another. You know, is it a case that, you know, when when does a team travel, uh, which is a huge one, um, especially when you think of, you know, the, the various teams that are spread right across the U.S. and Canada. I mean, you, you could be looking at having a game and, uh, you know, that night traveling two or three different time zones for a game and, you know, the next day or the day after. And how does that affect the uh, the team in terms of preparing for a match? How does it affect the team in terms of recovering from a match? Um, those are all kind of like the – those are a lot of the questions that are being raised now uh, that, you know, now that more and more information is being collected in a lot of different ways, um, you know, organizations are starting to find answers. Uh, you know, the other side of that is, of course, I think a lot of people um, are, are now kind of almost playing a bit of catch-up in both uh, from a competitive perspective where, you know, I think we, we see that there are some teams that are obviously investing in these measures uh, quite a bit more than others. But then also, you know, when we think about uh, the relationships between leagues and players associations, there's a lot of questions being asked there, too, in terms of what's being tracked and how it's being utilized. So when it comes to answering some of these performance questions, what are some of the ways that Conduct is able to work with organizations, staff, and perhaps even the athletes themselves? Yeah, so I mean, the, the biggest piece of that uh, starts with consolidation. Uh, if, you know, if you think of, uh, you know, a, a, a coach or, um, you know, a member of a performance team, um, time is a, a, big, a big limiting factor for them. And so if they need to, you know, log into one service to look at heart rate information, log into a different service to look at in-game information, open up a different spreadsheet to look at their practice information and, and so on, it, it, spends, it, it takes a lot more time to, you know, start to find insight. So, you know, the, the first bit we do is, is really try to consolidate their, their workflow. Uh, the next piece there is, you know, getting into um, consistency and approach. Uh, so, um, you know, a, a big part of what we do in, in baseball, for example, where a baseball team would have, you know, nine affiliate organizations um, or more below them in the different kind of levels of, of Major League Baseball, uh, being able to, you know, give them tools to you know, deliver the same uh, training programs or recovery programs uh, at all levels, be able to, you know, ask the same questions or, or track the same metrics at all levels. Uh, that allows for not just um, a consistency from a standpoint of, you know, developing your, your coaching staff, your performance staff from going from single A up to double A to triple A, but also really starts to build that uh, repository of data that really lends itself um, both to analysis to improve that particular athlete, but you know, also larger term research in terms of, you know, what's the best way to train. So um, that's, that's the biggest thing we do is, is you know, it, it sounds 
quite simple, uh, I think, from a standpoint of, you know, looking at just providing tools for collaboration, consistency, communication, and, you know, consolidation of data. But, uh, you know, it is really always been quite a pain point. Um, once once that hurdle is, uh, you know, is kind of cleared, um, which uh, with different organizations, it, you know, the, they're kind of maybe on, on different spots on that racetrack. But once that hurdle is cleared, that's where it opens up, you know, a lot of uh, opportunity for, for that analysis to really start to drive insights that affect performance. So, you know, that's where you look at, okay, you know, what do, what factors actually drive success? What factor, you know, uh, how important is travel? How important is, uh, you know, sleep? You know, how can we, what are the levers we can pull as as a team or as an organization to influence, um you know, both the conversation with the, the coaching staff on how a player is being utilized during a game or during practice, as well as the, the conversation with the athlete on how to take care of their body or how to prepare them to perform the best for, uh, you know, for any upcoming uh, competition. And for the athletes and coaches working with this information on a daily basis, just how important is that ease of use? Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's really been something that, uh, you know, I think as even this industry and ha- as a space that we work in has evolved, it's been something that we've uh, really started to focus a lot more on. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, coming from a technology background myself, uh, even in, you know, my work, I, you know, always sort of maybe not necessarily discounted the effect of, uh, you know, effective user interface and user experience design, but it never was kind of a driving factor. And that's really changed um, recently in terms of, uh, you know, how we're approaching things. We're looking into, there's a lot of great um, kind of industry practices from a technology space that we're, we're looking to apply into the sport performance space from a standpoint of affected design and, and making things more intuitive for the user and things like that, where getting a better understanding of who that person is on the other side and whether that they're a, you know, a coach that, uh, you know, is, you know, might be more um, attuned or more apt to, you know, working with their athletes and making their athletes uh, improve as opposed to, you know, maybe being as comfortable working with technology or an athlete themselves who, you know, again, obviously the different factors that are pulling an athlete's attention are, are so varied, you know, making sure that they, uh, you know, that they're able to get an answer or they're able to get information quite easily and also understand that information. I mean, that's where, you know, those are the factors that really, um, you know, both uh, drive engagement as well as compliance, uh, you know, both for the coach and the athlete themselves. Uh, you know, the easier you can make these solutions, um, the uh, the better it's going to be from a standpoint of data consistency and data quality. And then that's going to, you know, obviously open doors for a lot better analysis on the other side. And once you have that analysis, you're then able to affect change. That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, uh, the way we always view the what we've put forward is, uh, you know, is a tool set. Uh, it's it's not necessarily a solution. It's not, you know, we we don't provide the answers. I mean, though that that knowledge still remains with that organization. And I think, you know, as uh, as you guys probably know as well, I mean, every organization has its own kind of uh, um, kind of factors that they view as being their whether they're special sauce or they're, you know these are the things that they feel really drive performance. Um, what we try to do is is make it easier for them to attain those goals. Um, you know we uh, as we kind of look at the market and as we maybe you know look for a downstream solution to you know a larger consumer base or anything like that outside of maybe pro sport or elite uh, sport. Um, you know that's where we might get into delivering solutions or something a bit more automated. But at least right now it's a case of you know we're not 
you know, no one knows uh, an athlete better than that athlete themselves, and the second person that would know that athlete, uh, you know, just as well is going to be the uh, the performance staff and the practitioners themselves who are working with those athletes on a daily basis. So we're not in a position to, you know, prescribe a solution. We're more in a position to give those people tools to save them time so they can spend more time doing the work that they do quite well. And what about the question of athlete ownership of data, Kevin, and an organization's access to an athlete's data? That seems to be a burning question at the moment. Yeah, I think as I mentioned, I mean, we're right now it's in a position where um, a lot of people are playing catch up, and I think that uh, you know is a, a valid um, statement in terms of what what it means when we talk about the relationship between players associations and leagues around some of this information. I mean. Uh, you see uh, organizations like the NBA and the MLB have set up wearables committees to start to you know, really get a better handle on uh, the information or the data that's being collected on their athletes. And, you know, uh, that lays into, you know, what information is being collected, who owns it, who has access to it, how can it be used, and then how it's being protected. I mean, you think about just the major data breaches that have happened uh, in, in quite recent history with, you know, Facebook or the Marriott hotels and, and things like that, and uh, you know, then you know, realize that any information that's collected on professional athletes, it's you know the the impact of that data if it was ever to be breached or exposed is so so more you know it's going to be much more impactful uh, simply just because of you know the importance of these athletes, and then you consider the factoring into sports betting and so on. So uh, that's where I think a lot of the conversation for for us. Um, we've really seen it change over the last few years, getting into a lot more focus on security uh, and data access rights and things like that. Um, and I think the organizations themselves are being a lot more informed now, uh, the individual teams, in terms of who can have access to what data. Uh, in some cases, uh, in baseball, for example, now they're getting into cases where a player can uh, can start to indicate, okay, this is data that I'm I'm going to let you know, this member of the staff see, but not this member of the staff see, or this member of the staff can see all of this data, but not this data, and so on. And so that becomes a case of, you know, the player themselves having the ability to to really make those decisions, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, those decisions obviously have an impact on their care. Um, a lot of these factors from a standpoint of, you know, wearables or other devices to track athlete performance uh, right now are based off of, you know, voluntary um, kind of usage. And so, uh, you know, that that's a piece that goes back to the, the teams themselves in terms of education of the athlete and kind of the intent behind this information. I think, you know, it's uh, it's all well and good for an organization to, you know, decide to use technology to track information on their athletes. But the flip side of it is, you know, it's not just the initial purchase of the technology or kind of using the technology in your office or anything like that. It's it's all of the other factors that come with implementing any type of new protocol inside of your organization. It's communication with the other members of your staff. It's communication with your athletes on what you're doing. It's a level of consistency in terms of how you're doing it and, and why. Uh, you know, If you're going to be taking wellness information, how are you getting that information back to an athlete? Um, how are you going to, you know, explain that information to the athlete themselves. Are you going to be sitting with each one on a, you know, on a regular basis? Is it going to be a case of you know, providing them as much information as, as, as they're going to need to be comfortable to participate? Uh, and, and that's where it becomes, you know, that, that whole process becomes a big, larger organization focus as opposed to just, you know, kind of a single decision of, hey, I'm going to start collecting inf- more information on my, uh, on my players. Um, so 
what we do is, again, we, we, we really try to help facilitate those needs, uh, whether it's a case of providing an interface for an athlete to see information about themselves, uh, you know, to use one of the other examples, providing an interface for an athlete actually to make decisions on who can see what information on that athlete. But uh, you know, that's where, you know, we've been starting to really start to grow uh, a lot of our functionality in those areas because, uh, you know, as I think reading the tea leaves, it looks like the athlete themselves is going to become in the future a lot more informed on this, uh, obviously, but also a lot more in control of uh, what data is being collected and how it's being used. So, you know, that's where a company like Conduct just needs to be able to respond and uh, ensure that their platform is as flexible as possible to, uh, you know, to accommodate those needs in the future. Back to the conversation in a moment, but first a quick word about Conduct. Regardless of whether you're a coach just trying to track and train your athletes, or a performance director leading multiple staff and juggling a variety of data sources, Kinduk's athlete intelligence and management systems will help you better understand your athletes to drive improved performance. Kinduk's broad range of tools allows you to consolidate various data sources, analyze that information for actionable insights, collaborate on programming across multiple departments or locations, and deliver that plan for a variety of athlete-facing engagement solutions. Find out what hundreds of elite sports organizations already know and let Kinduct help provide you with the right information, with the right tools, at the right time to help inform your decisions. For more information, check out Kinduct.com. And now, back to the Kinduct Athlete Management Series. Kevin, have you noticed improved levels of trust and understanding when you go into teams to talk to them about their athlete intelligence and management systems? Without a doubt. I mean, I think, uh, you know, over our time, um, you know, when we first started, uh, you know, the concept of what we were doing was quite new. Um, you know, from a data perspective, uh, you know, the concept of using data to drive athlete performance, at least in the ways that we were looking at it from a technology perspective, was still quite new. And now I think the, the conversation is, uh, you know, is, is quite a bit farther down the path. Uh, people are familiar or a lot more familiar with what we do and how we do it. So, you know, kind of they're, you know, as opposed to kind of teaching them the importance of what we're doing, it's a lot more of, you know, explaining how we do things, you know, and uh, how that might be able to fit for their organization. I think a lot of the organizations start to have an understanding of what their needs are. And, uh, you know, again, not every organization is the same, but, you know, you, you start, it's just a different level of conversation. Obviously, the security piece is something that I think a lot more people are aware of now than they than ever before. And I think that's only going to continue to grow as as things move forward. And it's, you know, it's not just it's not just elite performance. It's every aspect of our life when we start thinking about, you know, information that's being tracked on us and how it's being, you know, uh, utilized and secured and, and where it's going and who's making money off it and so on. I think uh, in North America, um, you know, there's been such a rise in the concept of sports science uh, over the last, uh, you know, 10 years or so, where we are starting to get into a lot more teams having multidisciplinary uh, kind of uh, performance teams, you know, looking at that they're all focused on, you know, athlete care and communication and collaboration between all of them. And, uh, you know, that focus on consistency of, consistency of approach. I mean, those are all the things, those are kind of like the, the big check boxes that, you know, we, we, we look to help facilitate, but in general, I think it's, it's, it's been, you know, it's been interesting to, as, as Conduct has, has evolved as a company, um, to also watch, you know, really the, the sport landscape here evolve in a very similar fashion. Um, 
you know, there, it's a lot less, we're, we're dealing with a lot less people who are, you know, saying, oh, I don't need analytics or I only depend on the eye test now. Now it's a lot more of an informed population, if you will. Dare we say, Kevin, that you've been able to gain the trust of your clients and you've in fact gained new clients as a consequence. For sure. I mean, you know, we've been, uh, you know, we've obviously been quite successful in this industry and a lot of the people we've worked with have also been successful in their, their chosen sport. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, again, I think that's a mutually um, beneficial type of arrangement where I think uh, a lot of the teams that are ahead of the curve when it comes to, you know, focus on analytics or looking at performance data or even, you know, providing the appropriate amount of staffing from a performance team perspective, uh, those those are the same organizations that, one, are going to be more likely to use uh, Conduct, but they're also the, the same organizations that are going to be likely more successful overall because those are the ones that are, you know, trying to be ahead of the curve. They're the ones that are trying to do, you know, the best thing from a standpoint of, you know, putting the best athletes on the field as much as possible to, you know, drive further success. So, you know, it's kind of a case where success breeds success in those cases, and, you know, that covers a lot of different things, both from the technology you utilize right into, you know, kind of a team recruiting, you know, coaches or players or anything like that, where, you know, it just becomes a a, a piece of the culture. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's exciting for us uh, to, you know, kind of uh, fill that role of being a piece of, uh, you know, the culture of a lot of successful uh, sports franchises. And, you know, it's obviously exciting for us to just kind of see uh, this industry continue to grow and evolve uh, as it has over the last uh, over the last uh, half dozen years or so. And you've been at the vanguard of this movement, but I wondered if you could touch upon some of the lessons you've learned along the way, Kevin. For sure, yeah. I mean, I think the one of the things I mentioned before, but uh, to go back on it is, is really the flexibility. I mean, we, uh, we've never tried to position ourselves as being um, the solution or the answer, uh, but more just the tool. Uh, and, you know, it, you need to be adaptable to change. It's the same way that, uh, you know, a, a practitioner in their role needs to, you know, keep up with, you know, research or, or the latest innovation when it comes to, you know, how to do their job. Uh, we're, we're kind of in the same way where we are our technology solution needs to continue to you know grow and learn and and be reflective of that industry i mean uh it's it's always a, a tough spot because you know as you know as i said as that uh you know as those clients have you know kind of evolved and changed i mean i remember at one point in time having a conversation with uh with a team and and they said yeah we've got you know 3 years worth of of gps information you know uh, what i would like you guys to do is be able to you know advise me on on how to use it better and and you know we we do have you know data scientists as part of our team and we can kind of do a, a level of consulting there but you know that's that's not necessarily always our forte and and nor should it be i mean we're not we're not necessarily consultants as much as we're you know again providing a tool so it those types of scenarios you you really start to realize um you know again what what factors or what type of culture an organization requires to uh, to lead to success? Um, you know, and, and it's a, it's a bit of a different feeling. I mean, it's definitely I think changed my, at least my relationship with uh, with sport as you know an enthusiast or as a fan, where uh, you know you start to really get a you know more of an appreciation for a lot of those people that that are behind the scenes uh, during a game. Um, but at the same point in time, you start to really get a better understanding of you know what what builds a successful organization and and. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's many different constraints that are put on people, whether they're you know financial or personnel or anything like that. But 
you know, the the teams that seem to, you know, consistently bubble to the top are the ones that, you know, are consistently trying to find that edge uh, across every different factor that they can to, uh, you know, to be able to be as, as successful as possible. And has there been anything that's particularly surprised you, Kevin, during your six years at Conduct? I think, um, you know, a couple of things. I think, like, you know, one of the things prior to joining Conduct, I, I wasn't as uh, experienced in, you know, a lot of the uh, the sports science piece of uh, the pie. Uh, and so having learned a lot uh, over my time here, um, it's just how influential or how impactful very accessible and simple efforts can be. Um, you know, even just things like being able to collect uh, RPE measures after practices and games, uh, how, you know, if, if an organization is, or a team or a coach is dedicated to doing that and dedicated to, you know, the, the follow-through of, you know, analyzing that information and acting on it and, you know, being able to, you know, have intelligent conversations with their athlete about the information that they're collecting and things like that, that can really drive positive change. And it's, you know, it's not something that, uh, you know, is a heavy lift. It doesn't require tens of thousands of dollars of equipment. It, you know, it, it, to be frank, it doesn't even require conduct, but it is something that, you know, can really, you know, improve performance, improve athlete care um, without a lot of effort. And, like, those are the things that I think, you know, in general maybe aren't talked about as much because maybe they just seem like simple table stakes, but, you know, for a lot of cases that, you know, or in a lot of conversations that we've been in, it's those are just, like, those are like the first little steps that a, a, a team at, at really any level can do to really start. And, uh, and it's kind of been surprising to kind of realize, okay, you know, for, for especially in pro sport, you know, we're talking about you know, athletes that are being paid millions of dollars a year, an organization that's worth you know, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars. And you know, those are things that maybe aren't even being done at the, at the forefront. So it's, uh, th- that's been definitely a surprise. Um, the other, uh, I, I think the other side of it has just been, you know, it's, it's always been a surprise kind of every day to, to watch, you know, the, the whole organization or the whole kind of uh, industry change and, and grow. And, but also to find a lot of the similarities where, you know, we, uh, like I said, we've, we've watched it kind of the, uh, the sport of basketball grow and expand uh, in a lot of different ways over the past six years. And then to kind of see similar types of conversations now happening in baseball and, you know, the kind of the beginnings of similar conversations happening in football and, and sort of knowing that that's, you know, that's likely going to be a similar evolution in, in hockey in the near future. It's, you know, as much as I think um, coaches or folks in, in each of those sports are very, you know, very hard-nosed to say, hey, my sport's different because of X, Y, and Z, I think when it comes to the work that we do, I mean, the athlete, athlete performance side, you know, when it comes to you know, the, the treatment of the human body, uh, a lot of the challenges are the same. And I think that's where you know, it, just sharing knowledge across the different disciplines of sport uh, really, I think, is, is beneficial. And we're starting to see that a bit, um, especially with uh, teams that, uh, or ownership groups that own teams in multiple sports. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, sharing of information that takes place there that uh, you know is to the benefit of both teams, um, where uh, you know you'd be surprised kind of you know how like even just things like uh, you know the impact of travel. I mean the travel schedule for uh, basketball and and hockey is quite similar, and so you would expect that that impact of travel is going to have potentially a similar effect on those players 
uh, regardless of their sport discipline. And, you know, seeing those parallels has been really exciting, really interesting to kind of dive into quite a bit more. And no doubt there'll be more of the same. But is there anything, Kevin, that we should be keeping an eye out for in the next 12 to 18 months? Well, I think, um, you know, in general, you know, I feel that each sport um, that we deal with is definitely in a maybe a different phase of, of an evolution. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm excited to uh, to see how the impact of, of player tracking affects hockey, especially because of what I just mentioned, because of that crossover with other sports. I think um, there are teams in hockey that will be able to benefit from this information quite quickly and have already structured uh, whether having internal analytics teams or even just, you know, their performance staff as a, as a whole um, really structured their team to really take advantage of it quite quickly. And so I'm excited to see the impact that that's going to have on, on that sport. In other sports, I think, uh, you know, as, as kind of, uh, you know, they're a little bit farther down the line, I think I'm, I'm really interested to see, uh, you know, kind of how different discussions happen between players' associations and leagues around this data. I think it's going to become a lot more on the forefront uh, now that sports betting is becoming, you know, a bit more um, widely accepted in North America. It's, it's it's going to drive this conversation, and then the other side of it is going to be fan engagement. Like, uh, you know, you can only imagine, and, you know, it's definitely probably not in the next 12 to 18 months, but I, I might be sometime in the future being able to, you know, see, you know, a heart rate of an athlete, uh, you know, of a, a kicker during football as he's approaching the kick, or, you know, what's the impact of icing the kicker and things like that. Like, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, possibilities of, as a fan that uh, I think technology is really going to open up and, and provide a, a just a, a better story, uh, you know, something that, uh, you know, is, is a lot more than just, uh, you know, the, the box score and things like that, but, you know, really using a lot of the information that's being collected and making it, uh, you know, part of the overall story and what's happening with a team or an athlete over the course of a game or a season. There's certainly going to be some exciting times, and I think that would be a good place to wrap things up, Kevin. Thank you so much for talking to me. Oh no! Thank you, man. This has been uh, been a great chat. Uh, obviously, you know I think we uh, we work in a quite an exciting industry, and it's uh, constantly changing, which is always the best. <laughs>